0: hi i'm dan
1: hi i'm jenny
0: and this is rookie movie reviews
1: pugsley are you gonna introduce yourself or just stay quiet like always all right so today we watched psycho a 1960 alfred hitchcock production
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we're on a hitchcock kick hitchcock
0: kick hitch kick Hitchcock kick
1: We we watched Rear Window last week, so this week we're continuing the streak with Psycho. And Dan, what would you you say about this movie?
0: Well, I'd say it has to be one of the top 100 movies of all time.
1: Oh, dang. So on this podcast, we review a list of movies we got for Christmas that was in 2019, pre-pandemic. The top 100 movies of all time as rated by viewers. It's changed here and there, but I do believe Psycho has stayed the course.
0: Yep, yeah, I'm sure Psycho is up there. I'm sure there's a couple of Hitchcock flicks up there still. Um, Psycho is one of the movies that... There's, there's movies on this list that are all-timers. You know? Certainly. The Shining is on the list. Yes. Psycho's on the list. Rear Window, I would argue, is also an all-timer. And then you got, like, Casablanca. Things like that.
1: What's the Rosebud one?
0: That is Citizen Kane, and that Citizen is also on the
1: list. Yes, that's an all timer. And then the there's Godfather. stuff like
0: Joker. Yeah, and, or
1: Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, Dark Knight and Rises. The prestige. Some and of
0: these Inception. that are just like good movies, <laughs> you know? They're fun.
1: I'll watch them on a Friday night with some friends.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess my whole point is everybody knows about Psycho. It is, yeah, it's it is a certified classic.
1: Yeah, I think even SpongeBob references it. Yeah, Or Bugs Bunny, Looney Tunes, I mean.
0: Mm-hmm. The thing about the movie is that I knew about the murder, right? The shower scene. Yep, uh, classic. Everybody knows that that's the one that's always spoofed. But I really didn't know what was going on around that. This is one of those movies that there's key moments that you know, and then everything that props that up is a bit of a mystery, honestly, to me. Yeah. I knew that at the end he wouldn't hurt a fly, And I knew that a woman was murdered in a shower. Like, those were the two things.
1: Heavy squirrels.
0: Yeah, that sounded like it was on the roof. That sounded like a full... (laughs) Maybe it's a raccoon. A team of badgers up there or something.
1: (laughs) Well, we are in the badger state.
0: That's true. Which is so-called definitely due to all the badgers running around. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really dangerous state to live in. They attack.
1: So, we open on a hotel relationship. It's Marion and Sam. They are having a secret tryst because in 1960, a couple couldn't have sex without being married.
0: Mm -hmm. They were in a very seedy motel. Yeah. But it was kind of funny because this is in Phoenix, Arizona. All the way to Tacoma? Yes.
1: Philadelphia? Toronto? LA?
0: They're in Phoenix. (laughs) And they're in this hotel room that... Looked like a high rise to me. And the whole time I was kind of just thinking how silly it was that they're on the 30th floor of some CD per hour hotel room. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, we got to get out of here per hour. And it's just a massive, prominent skyscraper. (laughs) Didn't match up. Yeah. Not great movie logic.
1: All of my knowledge of love hotels is based on anime. So I assume they're not the same in the States.
0: They don't have a lot of love hotels in shonens. so I'm not super familiar. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shoujo live.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, we're seeing these uh, uh, sinning lovers in their hotel.
1: Yes. After their tryst, Marion goes back to the office and she asks, hey, where's the boss? Any calls come in? And the short-armed bitch tells her, no, <laughs> <Bust>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You said that when we were watching the movie. I was not expecting you to burn her so ruthlessly. No, they're,
1: it's not bad. Uh, her arms did seem short.
0: They were incredibly short. One thing I want to call out real quick before we move forward with this uh, oil tycoon Texan stereotype is actually something that has been stuck with me that just bugged me for this whole time. Okay. Uh, when we are in Phoenix, before we get into the hotel room, it says, like, Friday the 13th, 11.33 p.m.
1: December 11th, 2.43.
0: Two four. okay. So this to-the-minute time never comes up again. <coughs> and time is not really a factor outside of the fact that there's, like, a missing woman case going on mm-hmm. but it's never like we only have two more minutes to get to the crime scene right and especially after watching rear window it's
1: not 48 hours
0: <laughs> yeah after watching rear window it's much more noticeable how it's kind of pointless because rear window time passes in the super organic way people fall asleep things happen at night you always know exactly when it is and uh Like, if if it's a suspicious hour. You Mm -hmm. know, time is really solidly established, even through all the people in the courtyard and their activity. Yeah, going to bed, getting up, doing yoga. It's all super subtle. And then we have Psycho, which just has this massive title card for no reason other than to say it's 243, which I had beef with, and I wanted to call it it. Okay, that's fair. You want to talk to us about this oil tycoon?
1: So this big... Uh, Doug Dimodome <laughs> guy <laughs> he is I guess the office is a realtor business and Marion is a secretary they needed two secretaries
0: mm-hmm. that was a weird setup and I didn't know why maybe one's the accountant and one's the secretary
1: but they're both women Yeah. women can't be accountants not in 1960 oh really? well they can be it's well, yeah, sexist. I know they can be, but I, I thought that
0: <laughs> as far as, you know, dated gender roles in uh, women, movies go, accountant was a woman's job.
1: Housewives, or nurses, or teachers, or prostitutes, and that's it. Okay. Those well, are the thanks. four roles. So, oh, I guess secretaries. But this guy is Administrative assistants now.
0: Yes, true. I guess he's... He's making big deals. You know, so he yeah. the the realtor is making big deals. He's gonna need two. Phoenix and is a bustling real estate town.
1: I suppose. That's a fact. So Doug Dimmodome of Dimsdale Dimodome flaunts his money to Marion and he has forty thousand dollars cash. And he actually waves the money in her face and he's flirting with her and he's kind of a shitty guy. But he's buying his daughter, his baby, a house as a wedding gift. She's turning, she turned, she just turned 18 and she's getting married. 60s. Yeah. Uh, So that's pretty much all that matters about Texas Man. Also, he talks about how they're gonna go drinking and Marion gets asked uh, to deposit the $40,000 cash because the office man doesn't even want it in the building. He Mm -hmm. wants it in a safety deposit box in the bank. And we forgot about this minor setup, but during her sleepover session with Sam, (laughs) they talk about how he's still paying off his father's debts, which, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't start paying your deceased relative's debts, you don't have to at all. So this guy messed up. He needs fiduciary education 101.
0: I didn't know that. That's good to know.
1: Yeah, if I die, don't start paying on my student loans or they're going to come after you.
0: Okay. And I will tell all your family to not either. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Good um, to know. But if you want to, like,
1: if you want to keep my car, you would pay on the loan. Otherwise, right. they would repossess. So me. I just
0: pick and choose the loans. I mean, you could. I'll, I'll pay the car loan. Keep the student loans far away from
1: me. It would also depend how I name you in my estate. Like, if I don't name you as a beneficiary of my estate, it would go to my next of kin, which would be my parents at this point.
0: Yeah.
1: Unless we got married. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So
1: anyway, uh, <laughs> okay. So they set up how Sam is deeply in debt, and Marion is thinking about this, and she has several scenes where she's imaginary. She's imagining these scenarios in her head, and in this particular one, when she's debating stealing forty thousand dollars in cash, which is the modern equivalent of three hundred and fifty k. And let's be honest, I would fantasize about what would I do with three hundred and fifty k, but. Probably wouldn't go forward with
0: it. Well, we talked about this because in the time, way easier to disappear. Also true. Like if if I was given three hundred and fifty thousand dollars and it was fairly realistic for me to disappear without a trace, you know, we would pack up our cat and get out of here.
1: You can't do much three hundred and fifty thousand dollars these days.
0: Yeah, but I'm saying if like if it was in back then, I wouldn't be a... tracked. Wouldn't be.
1: Maybe we could go to like Vietnam, but you need to be a certain kind of person to be able to live in a completely new country.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty soft. I'm soft. Anyhow, she steals the money. She, Bitch. She decides to skip town.
1: She's, she's a fornicator and a theft thievery. Yeah.
0: She's thief. a she's a thievery <laughs> instigator. The thing that I yeah, like she so... stole
1: the money to give to Sam.
0: To give to Sam or to start the start life together? But also,
1: he's. Well, hell, why doesn't he just run off and stop paying all his debts and stop talking to his wife?
0: That's a good question. How's the
1: government going to get him then?
0: It is his ex wife.
1: Right, ex wife. Because um, you had to pay alimony back then. I think sometimes you still do now, which is crazy.
0: I think they do a good job in this first sequence where Marion, the woman, uh, the main woman, I don't know if we've said her name, Marion. Decides to make this theft, throughout Rear Window, mm-hmm. the females in that movie are pretty much punching bags, right? True, very true. And then in this movie, I mean, she's ultimately brutally murdered, but she is <laughs> she acting. She gets fridged. She's acting. Well, I guess. I don't know if she gets fridged.
1: Really? Because, well, because Sam's not portrayed as a main character from the get go.
0: I. Th- My understanding of fridging is brutal murder for the express purpose of building up the tragedy of a guy. And I think in this movie, we see Marion's sister take just as much, if not more, of a lead role in the investigation than Sam.
1: I was thinking of fridging in the terms of the murder of a woman to advance the plot.
0: That's fair. And I... I, I don't know if that's exactly that might not fridging. Be right there's, there's definitely a term for that. And that is definitely what happens. Yes. But um,
1: Before we go there, though, yes. maybe we should talk about it.
0: So she's running town and she is in her car. She's getting out of town with the 40K.
1: Also, you can see Christmas decorations all around town. and I, oh, think, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I think it's important to note uh, Christmas, I don't know, was probably more cherished back then. It's the time of giving. And it wasn't really ham-fisted how they... Like, it, it's Christmas. Yeah. But I think that's important to think about because that's kind of... Like, if you're going to church, you're going to church on December 25th.
0: Mm. So she's committing this uh, pretty devious act. Yeah. I wonder how that aged because now I look at it and I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, get out of there. Steal that money. Kind of a... Really? Kind of an underdog, you know? Like, she <laughs> she gets creeped on by this guy... She's in love with his student. they're both bound by poverty, pretty much, into inaction.
1: But they can afford a love hotel. Yeah,
0: yeah. but, hey, that it's uh, expensive <laughs> to be poor, you know? I guess, but so, also,
1: true, never mind, I don't...
0: Well, I was just saying, like, when I was watching this, I wasn't thinking, oh, fuck this lady, you know? Well, I was no, thinking, I mean, okay, well, good luck, I hope she gets
1: out. <laughs> I wasn't about stealing all the money, like, the guy sucks, but... It's wrong to steal. (laughs) Well, I mean... My moral compass stops at about $350,000. that's fair. Well, my moral compass stops at $100, $20. dollars i found a dollar bill and tried to give it back.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: I don't like stealing.
0: I guess in the context of the movie. Unless it's cups. (laughs) (laughs) If we're drunk at a bar, one of those cups are coming with us. Sorry.
1: I'll uh, tip (laughs) you, but I'm taking the cup.
0: (laughs) The cup doesn't come out of their paycheck. <laughs> right? All your money is insured. Just put it in the bag. <laughs> all your cups are covered by the bar.
1: <laughs> cups break all the time. Just a minute.
0: I'm just picturing, like, kicking in a bar door at, like, 11.30 p.m. when it's packed and just full of drunk people with a bottle of lava and a gun and be like, put the fucking cups <laughs> Do you have any napkins to cushion them? Because they will break in here. Oh, you <laughs> and can't. And throw it over your mind. shoulder and it just like cracks against your back and they all shatter. You like try and run out and you cut and shit. <laughs> it's a great, great heist. Oh. <laughs> anyway, $350,000 is kind of like that.
1: <laughs> but in.
0: Shards of glass. <laughs>
1: yeah, I have
0: 350,000 shards of glass <laughs> in my bag. <laughs> this is a terrible ice. Johnny, you have bad ideas when you're drunk. We're never doing this again.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Okay, mm. so while she's escaping the city, she does get pulled over by a cop. And this was some pretty good tension building because she does not know how to be a criminal Mm-mm. at all.
0: Yeah, there's two things here. One, she runs into, not literally runs oh, into, right. but crosses paths with her boss when she said, oh, I'm sick for the day. And then she is, like, out gallivanting. Well, that's what
1: I'm scared of.
0: I know. I, I wrote down, good. like, relatable because you're know, like, I'm sick. And then you go fuck off. And you I've never
1: done that, though.
0: Yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> but, like, when I'm legitimately sick and I call in and it's like, oh, I would like some orange juice. Like, what if somebody sees me in the street? Yeah, going
0: <laughs> to get orange juice? Like, I feel terrible. I'm just... Suffering for orange juice. The other thing that happens immediately after, so she gets grilled by the cop, and then the cop kind of follows her after she peels out. Yeah. And then the cop pulls off, and she's so relieved. And it's just like back-to-back moments of, I've had that exact situation. You know, the <laughs> cop is driving behind you, and you're like, fucking turn, turn, and they finally do. <laughs> you're like, oh, thank God. And then running into your boss, just silly, relatable stuff. Mm-hmm. Any who is old, she gets to this car dealership. Did you want to In talk California? more about the cop interrogation? I, no.
1: I mean, typical asshole cop.
0: Yeah, asshole but, cop and super privileged white woman. Yeah. Uh, she is just... Uh, literally
1: stole... Yeah,
0: <laughs> stole
1: 40K. A little over a quarter of a million dollars. Talks Johnson. down to him. She tries to start
0: doing? the car and yeah. leave, and he's just like, Oh, don't please. Let's have a continued interaction. But, yeah, uh, really leaning on her privilege there. Um, gets to this car dealership, acts shifty as fuck.
1: Yeah, I just need a car. Need
0: a car. Yeah. screaming at the guy to get the car, and he he makes the same joke twice. Oh, never how high pressure it is a salesman before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the first time it was funny, and then the second time it's like, okay, dude, you liked your joke, I get it. Also, what's weird in this sequence, so she's at this car dealership, on her way out of town, swaps cars. The cop watches her the whole time. Yeah. Sees her swap cars, is standing behind her when she's trying to leave. She gets stopped by a mechanic because she forgot all of her incriminating shit in the other car. And then she just goes. Nothing happens. She's a
1: terrible criminal, but she gets so lucky at every... Well, until the mid the yeah. movie. <laughs> so
0: she gets so lucky and also the cop and the... the uh, The car salesman Mm -hmm. don't do a single thing. They just let her go. They clearly know she did some shit and she's suspicious as fuck. Super. I'm like, well, she's leaving now. That was so weird to me.
1: Yeah. I mean, if this debt, or sorry, if this money is supposed to go toward your boyfriend's debt, like, are you spending $700 of it on a different car? It's like, ah, do you have anything in the $200 range?
0: That this guy's debt was nowhere near forty k. Yeah, no way. You know, just so, deposit
1: half of it, pocket twenty k, claim the bank made a mistake.
0: I feel like if forty, <laughs> that's genius. Yeah, keep, no one's ever been to keep jail for five k. So I feel like
1: and take take steal the forty k. Yeah. Put it in an account for yourself. Let it accrue interest. Keep that interest. Give back the forty k.
0: That's a it's a real quick turnaround plan. You'll
1: make a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> but a dollar in nineteen sixty, by golly, that's eight eighty six today.
0: You know, a dollar earned off of stolen money's accrued interest is a dollar earned, right?
1: And eight <laughs> eighty six is enough for a sandwich and a soda.
0: Yeah, that's a meal.
1: Yeah. Or a love hotel.
0: <laughs> the thing I was uh saying is that forty K is three hundred and fifty thousand. I feel like I don't know what crippling lifelong debt would amount to in 1960, like Sam has.
1: Right. Alcoholism.
0: Well, I mean, like, how much does he owe for his father that he's like, I have to live in a, I live in a, wear, a hardware store. and I, Yeah,
1: that's silly.
0: Yeah, it's like, he must be in debt for, like, a couple thousand max. I don't know. Me because Never comes every,
1: everything I've learned about people in nineteen sixties is that they didn't even go to college and they've bought a whole ass house on minimum wage.
0: Goddamn boomers. Anyhow, we now get to the meat of the movie.
1: Do you want me to blow on you a little bit?
0: No, I'll live. I'm just sweaty. It's warm. We really suffer for this podcast because I can't run the AC. I have to turn the fan way down. Yeah. Also, I have to cover my burps.
1: I'm not covering mine.
0: Just leave him in. It's yeah. character. We get to the meat of the movie. She shows up at the Bates Motel. Whoa. And the reveal of the sign I thought was really cool, right? She's driving in the storm mm-hmm. on her way out of town trying to hide from the cop. And you can barely see through the windshield. And she pushes aside some rain and then bam, there's a the sign. Was like, directing, it was yeah. a good reveal and it makes the, the ominousness that everyone knows about the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder what this movie would be like having no idea what goes on. It must be fucking Probably a wild. lot
1: better. That's probably why Donna was like, whoa.
0: Yeah. I called, for context to uh, listeners, um, I called my grandma and mentioned that we were uh, going to be watching Psycho, and she's like, you're not going to be able to sleep.
1: I and did have a nightmare.
0: Oh, really? About well, Psycho? Or?
1: No. Um, that I went on a road trip with my friends. Oh, and, yeah.
0: Yeah. It was like an anxiety dream. Yeah. And like got, got ditched at a gas station or something. Yeah. Yeah, not,
1: and she stole my earrings.
0: Ooh, they didn't tell her that. Devious.
1: Mm-hmm. And fifty bucks.
0: And for, I didn't. I did hear the fifty.
1: Anyway, there's a non sequitur.
0: I think it's non sequitur.
1: Sequitur. That's probably a more natural way to pronounce that word. What about it? That's what um, I just did.
0: Oh, I don't know what a non sequitur is.
1: Oh, uh, not related to the tangent.
0: Oh, okay. It's French. Perfect. Well, every day is a school day.
1: I think it's French. Don't look that up.
0: <laughs> so they get to the Bates Motel mm-hmm. and we meet Norman Bates. He's a charming young man.
1: And he looks like Andrew Garfield.
0: Yes. Well, shockingly so, actually. Yeah. I didn't really connect it until you mentioned Andrew Garfield and that's just damn. Mm-hmm. It's spot on.
1: If you did a deep fake with his face in silence, Wouldn't be able to tell the difference.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, he's bearded in silence.
1: True. Beard hides facial features better.
0: Yeah. I guess...
1: I I wouldn't say Spider-Man.
0: I was going to say when he's playing Peter Parker. Really? Because he's so
1: fresh-faced and innocent. True.
0: I mean, Norman Bates is definitely cast to be boyish and innocent.
1: Yeah. When I was... So, this is spoilers, whatever, for later in the movie. But when it was going from Norman Bates to Sam... It's like, good God, this is classically handsome and Michael Sarah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, anyhow, uh, Norman Bates, we we meet him, they're talking, and just the pretext of knowing what happens in the movie, I was kind of rooting for the cop to show up and, you know, save her. Like, yeah. will it be a tense buzzer beater sort of situation? But the cop never shows up again. no. No <laughs> cop that was aware of what she was about is ever relevant again. Yeah. It's all new cops after this.
1: Yeah. yeah fuck it. I don't do a shit.
0: But the conversation between Norman and Mary, and he offers to make dinner, and she hears Norman and his mother arguing, and they have a couple sandwiches in their office parlor, and I think it kind of does some good job of injecting a bit of insidiousness into Norman, you yeah. know? Like, he has a little turn in the conversation, because they're talking about, like, what does it mean to owe your life to someone and what burden are you expected to bear for your family and things like that. And they have different viewpoints and yeah. that kind of sets Norman off. So, you know, pretty pretty good conversation. And then afterwards he's uh, peeping Tom F yep. into the uh, hotel room.
1: And Well, she hides the money, I think, before he looks...
0: Yeah, Norman had no idea about the money yeah, throughout the no whole clue. movie. So that too was
1: dramatic irony.
0: Yeah, it was just uh, nothing. Kind of, kind of bugged me to be honest. That
1: well, it's the reason they end up sending a PI after her.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. But it's a the plot grand, device. In the grand scheme of things... We'll cover this at the end of the plot.
1: Well, I think it's to show that Norman kills to kill... And he doesn't... He wouldn't kill for money. He kills because she insulted his mom vaguely.
0: Uh-huh. Speaking of killing.
1: Right. <laughs> Getting ahead of ourselves.
0: You want to um, cover this next uh, next scene as is, is the one. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, they do have that argument. And he talks about his mother. I'm sorry. So she hides the money... There's an argument in um, the mansion up front, up yeah, top.
0: about dinner. And
1: then he comes back with the sandwiches. Yes. And he talks about his mom and how they all go a little mad sometimes. And Marion takes this as her cue to be like, oh, I just went a little mad, stealing all that money. And she says that she's going to Phoenix in the morning. And we see her later... Uh, Subtracting $700 from $40,000. And big surprise, it's $33,000. Yes. <laughs> no, not 33000 <laughs> uh, That would be 7000 Okay. Okay. Um, and we see Norman... Well, he also talks about stuffing birds and how that's his hobby. That doesn't really come up because of how his mother looks. Like, I was trying to think. And I was trying to think about, like, what does a mom look?
0: And I think it is supposed to... Be tied, it's supposed to be a clue to his mother's state because even though she looks like shit, yeah, it's been it's hard to multiple do beasts.
1: Beasts don't look right,
0: yeah. Oh, Man good is call beast. out, yeah. Norman says he doesn't like doing beasts um, or mammals because they don't look right. Also, this whole conversation in the parlor, mm-hmm. I don't really know what it's implying, but having these. Big menacing birds, like it's really moodily lit. The whole movie's black and white, and just having yeah. these, these stuffed crows and owls around, mm-hmm. really, ooh, hiccup. <laughs> having those around is really cool.
1: Yeah, very cool. I, I think birds are supposed to symbolize intelligence, and her having the epiphany that she needs to return the money is probably the context there. But also, birds are freaking creepy.
0: Mm-hmm. They're spooky. It
1: was menacing. It was intimidating. And the Peeping Tom
0: segment was like, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah, it was like Joyride levels of scary.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) oh, that's bizarre. This movie isn't
1: scary. It's supposed to be a thriller. And I think thinking back on the episodes of Twilight Zone that I saw uh, when I was younger, like the ones from the 60s, and how gradually uh, things have gotten more gruesome, yeah. Like Psycho truly was terrifying in its age, and some episodes of Twilight Zone that we laugh at now like gave my dad nightmares when he was a kid. Yeah. So it's our perception of it can still be like, oh, it's intense, but it's campy. But it wasn't campy back then. Excuse me.
0: I don't know Nelson what. Loves, right? um, what ramped? I know I've had nightmares like within the year from media we've watched. But I can't remember what it is exactly. I feel like that clown one. House. Not Clown House. What was that? Um, haunted House? Hell House. Not, I don't, was it Hell House? It was that foreign language one with, uh, it was the neighborhood and there was one haunted house and then the dead boy was at the table and stuff. Yeah, that was a that really good one. Was, Spanish one. I think it was called Terrified. Yes.
1: With a D.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. on Shudder. If you're listening to this. And one, a scary movie, Terrified, I thought was good. It also gave me nightmares because, I forget what it was about exactly, but there's was a scene the with the boy show? at the table.
1: Saying... Oh, that
0: one. And uh, it, it was so small, but just this decomposing dead boy who mm-hmm. dies in the movie early mm-hmm. on, not a, not really a spoiler, um, and he just slightly moves and stuff, and oh, Yeah. This isn't a terrified episode, but yeah, I... I'm just trying to agree. You know, shit ramps up. I'm sure in a couple of years, like, media is going to be so interactive. Oh, man. It's going to be
1: like, what was that horror game we played where I just screamed super loud? Amnesia. Amnesia. <laughs> yeah,
0: we, we were, oh, no. Uh, Outlast.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were
0: playing Outlast, and uh, <laughs> that, that got you. My <laughs> mom was very concerned.
1: I can't play this game anymore. <laughs>
0: It's, but like even more, th- th- that's the thing. I wonder, because my grandma's like, you are not going to sleep after Psycho. Mm. And then we watched Psycho and it's like, yeah, that was like a Saturday morning cartoon. Right. Just, you know, you didn't even see the person get stabbed.
1: No. And, Speaking of which, do you want to take over the iconic scene?
0: Oh, no. I've, I was talking about all the other scenes and I'm just ranting now to say like video games and movies, like we just watched this movie not too long ago. Um, The Ghost Hunters versus Bloody Mary. And <laughs> That's that a Portuguese movie, one. On yeah. Shutter. It's not scary. Well, it's got jump scares, yeah. but it's not, like, really good scary. It's just jump scares. I
1: was so pissed because the beginning, the first, like... I don't know, it was a dark comedy. But in the first 40 minutes, like, it got two decent scares out of me. And then it just turned a deathgasm ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it, it's... It's so gruesome and disgusting and really stomach turning revolting, kind of gross-out comedy. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, as I was talking with my grandma, like, that shit is stomach-churning. And then I'm playing, you know, Last of Us right now. and Yeah,
1: murdering people left and right.
0: And that is really interactive. Like, you press the button to kill someone, and it's not shy about gruesomeness. And I have to imagine that eventually... Uh, media is going to become so interactive that it'll be pretty much you committing the act yourself you know like it, i don't know about it like that. with vr
1: and stuff i don't know you already are
0: doing it i'm like there's games like uh um sword and sorcery i think it's called a vr game and you're you, you, you know there's you're just so a gladiator and stuff and you're stabbing people and shit like
1: i feel like there is a distinction between giving yourself such the immersion that you feel like you're actually Dexter versus I'm role playing as Ellie right now, yeah, or killing someone. I don't think as much murder porn as the US audience seems to love, I hope that the moral ambiguity of making someone feel like they're actually killing a person like actually killing a person, like people who argue video games are violent seem to feel like people are doing. Mm -hmm. I hope we never achieve that because that's some kind of wish fulfillment that's going to open a can of worms that's going to revitalize the serial killer phenomenon in a way we haven't seen since the 1980s.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's all really fair. And I 100% agree that I don't... I hope no one ever creates anything with the intention of doing that. But I think that the capability to do so will happen. And I think that if the capability to do so is there, uh, people are going to take advantage of it. Um, whether it's for the shock value or, you know, like like the developers of uh, Grand Theft Auto, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can kill a hooker. Yeah, they'll they're like, oh, look at this. We have this tool and we can make it look like someone is... Murdering people, yeah, and the player gets to do it, mm-hmm. uh, crazy, and through the input device of the controller or whatever, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know it's it's ridiculous fun.
1: The interface, yeah, but if you get to,
0: <laughs> but then imagine if that came around like VR His is sufficiently gloves. advanced, yeah, yeah. you can
1: feel the vertebrae vibrating as you choke someone to those.
0: Exactly, computer. and that sounds crazy to say, but I don't think that's very far off. You I know? hope
1: nobody is evil enough. To produce that.
0: And I mean, it gets a
1: wide market audience. I mean, child porn is a huge industry. Yeah. We're still going to condemn that.
0: Yeah, true. Like, that is condemned, but there are still manufacturers. That's true. Anyhow.
1: Pugsley watches child porn.
0: I hope not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, he does. The FBI came today.
0: Oh, really? Do yeah. we have to surrender him? Yes. It's fine. He's probably an evil bastard.
1: fucking mm-hmm. coughing. That's why oh, he's coughing.
0: I don't want him around us. Anyway, got a really heady. heady. turn. I'm sorry for uh, taking us in that direction, but no, it's okay. It's just um, the 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 whole thought of this used to be the height of fearsomeness mm-hmm. in movies. You know,
1: my when I was thinking about this, the specific Twilight episode I can recall right now is there is this witch in an episode, and my dad said this was the scariest VFX when I was a kid. And it looks like a coconut with a mop head. <laughs> Honestly. Um, a lot has changed.
0: Yeah, true. And it's going to keep changing.
1: Like, the thing holds up. John Carpenter is the thing because of its practical effects. I think CGI does a lot, too, to kind of take you out of the headspace of reality.
0: Yeah, like a human, the uncanny valley. You can see. Yeah. It's like, I get Maybe I what you to it. do. I know it's not real.
1: Maybe it's the uncanny valley that will save us
0: hopefully I've putting a lot on the uncanny valley I hope yeah it have you through. seen
1: have you seen um I can't remember the name of the website but you can generate faces that don't exist
0: I've heard of that I've never like been to it
1: yeah they look like real faces it's just spooky. like it's not a human being she doesn't buy groceries on Tuesdays It's weird it's weird to think about is that a giant spider where I' am oh, seeing shadow
0: Jesus Christ yeah it is a it is in the reflection. That's the same window that had the orb weaver outside of it. Oh! So it's probably that same thing. <laughs> I'm so Jenny sorry. looks two inches from my face and says that. <laughs> like whip over, <laughs> it's a shadow. Oh no! So the shower scene. We, okay. Uh, Marion takes a shower and she is approached. We see a shadow through the doorway. These really aggressive strings play. And we see a muddled, wild action scene where uh, she's stabbed to death by the silhouette of a woman, Mother, Mm -hmm. comes to the shower and kills her.
1: Who's supposed to be an invalid.
0: Yes, she is supposed to be an invalid. Um, And then after that, we see Norman, or we hear him scream, Mother, the blood, the blood, Mother. And then he comes running down, sees the body, and we get the cleanup sequence.
1: I like that. Yeah. Why? Always. I don't know why. Uh, I liked it in Dexter. I like it in a Hannibal. I guess. Yeah. Something. I don't know. Probably just because they're cleaning.
0: This this <laughs> one felt like it didn't cut corners.
1: Yeah, it was a very. I was th- we talked about this um, how they didn't have luminol back then, um, and how. Yeah police investigators would just be like "Hmm, blood gross Yeah, thank you john mulaney yes exactly um so the fact that he's just using a mop to clean everything up and as long as there isn't red it's sparkly darkly (laughs) so it really i think it's like the tension of if he's cleaning he's gonna get away with it
0: yeah and also what i thought was so cool was like you mentioned dexter the cleanup scene in that show he covers the whole room in saran wrap and then he kills a person and wraps it all up. Mm-hmm. And uh then we see him start the show you see him start to wrap and tear stuff down. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to him on a boat with garbage bags. Yes. In this one you see him wrap up the body, mop up the floor, clean out the tub, clean the shower walls, get rid of the shower curtain, scrub down the living room, find all of her effects, put it all in the car. Like you see every single thing. And it's a super long sequence that feels like, I don't know, I'm sure other movies and shows have done that, but it felt super unique to actually see what goes into cleaning up a murder.
1: And strangely entertaining.
0: Yeah. Probably, I'm
1: obsessed with true crime. I'm going to give myself a pass for thinking it was a good scene.
0: It was a good, I agree with you, It (laughs) it was definitely a good scene. And I think it was unique. So yeah, in short, really cool cleaning scene.
1: Yeah, it was definitely unique in its thoroughness.
0: For sure. Now we jump ahead to...
1: Him trying to... Well, he drives out the car uh-huh. to a bog.
0: Yeah, the bayou swamp.
1: It's... Where is he? Where is she? She's in the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> what city?
0: <laughs> oh, they're just outside of... Um, they're 15 miles outside of the city that she swapped cars in. Fair somewhere in
1: California.
0: Uh, something like that.
1: So Cal. Where is she? She's in the trunk. <laughs>
0: She's she sad. just got stabbed. She's dead, Jenny. Uh, gets sunk in the swamp and we go to Sam.
1: Well, I wanted to call out okay. how he pushes the car in and it mostly sinks. And he looks worried and it keeps sinking and he smirks.
0: Mm-hmm. That is
1: the self-satisfied smile of a man who thinks he's gotten away with something. 100%. Again.
0: Again? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they allude to that later on. Um... We get to see Sam's life, right? He's Very working sad. at Ace in, Hardware or
1: whatever it is. In the
0: hardware store. And then Marion's sister shows up.
1: I don't get... I don't... What was her name?
0: Uh, I've him? wrote it down at some point, but I forgot. Nancy.
1: That's a 1960 name.
0: Yeah.
1: Just, oh, I think it also was like an M name.
0: Yeah, it was... Um, I don't know. I don't know. Marion's sister. I could look it up real quick. No. Janet.
1: Janet. Damn it,
0: Janet. Oh, wait, no. Janet Lee is the actress who plays Marion. Uh, the sister's named Lila. Lila. Lila is Marion's sister, played by Janet Lee. Um She comes to the store and kind of has the argument that, Sam, you must know. Yes. You were in an uh, arrangement. And he has no idea. So now the hunt is on. And then they are uh, suddenly ambushed by a private eye who is tracking this 40k and it's all kind of set up in a a weird triangle of an investigation like they all kind of agree to go to the baits and uh figure out what's going on but yeah um they all
1: decide to go to the baits yeah uh well, the PI is going to go to the base, and he tells him he's just going to take an hour, and he leaves him. They also have an argument, blah, 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 about how Sam must know if there's a boyfriend he knows. And Sam's like, I have no clue. I've been left in the dark. Because in 1960, there were no phones. He was also on a week away trip or something. He was gone for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And he... uh, I guess, left in the dark. Classic.
0: Also... The PI's name is Arbogast, mm. which sounds like a wizard. <laughs> it's a wizard name.
1: That is a wizard name.
0: Arbogast goes to confront Bates, and they have this really entertaining conversation.
1: Yeah, Bates was almost... He's a bad criminal, too, which is too bad, because you kind of root for him. Maybe it's the boyish Michael Cera charm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But... He- no, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just
0: gonna say he gets caught in multiple yeah, he gets lies. Yeah, he gets
1: caught in lies. And the PI is a good fucking PI because he doesn't. He's not like that's inconsistent. He's just like, great, this is the lead. hmm This is where she is.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> and he goes to make a call back to them. Says, yeah, she was definitely here. Basically, the conversation is Norman Bates saying, "Never saw her before. Oh wait, yeah, I did see her. Oh yeah, she left." I don't know, here's a bunch of other inconsistent details. Yeah,
1: dumbass bitch.
0: (laughs) The P.I. leaves and makes a call. And then, after he makes a call, he says on the call, I'm going to head back up there and get in touch with this old woman. Because they all see this old woman in the window. The invalid. They hear the old woman, the mother.
1: Mother. Yes, more accurate. And uh, he asks to go see her, and Norman says, that's not a good idea. So Norman definitely confirms this woman's alive, so when the P.I. is like, oh great, she's alive, I am within my conviction and saying I need to talk to her.
0: Mm-hmm. And then he goes up to the house after making that call, Yep. and gets slashed by this woman who really startlingly runs across the landing and cuts him across it's the face. It's Norman
1: in a wig. Yeah, it's, that's easy to tell. You don't have to say. This,
0: oh, I'm I'm building this... up the suspense. Oh no! I'm, I'm carrying through. I'm, sorry. I'm carrying through the the plot. You know, at this point, it's mother.
1: So Jenny went to Costco, and at Costco she saw some Lacroix.
0: That is not the same at all. I am building up the mystique of the movie by playing along with it. Uh, I guess a. This guy gets slashed by someone that we don't know who it is, but it's Norman. Uh-huh. It's Norman in a wig. Yes, it
1: is. Um,
0: there's no twist in this movie whatsoever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: I really like this scene and the final scene where he's caught.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because he gets slashed. The music is going nuts. It's
1: good nuts music.
0: And he falls down the stairs.
1: He being Arbogast.
0: Arbogast falls the down the stairs, would... slashed. And... I don't, like, it's such a weird look, because we stay locked on his face, but the background is like a separate film or something, and they're zooming in on it.
1: It's a much better interpretation of a man falling than Rear Window did. Though Mm. this movie is six years later?
0: It is six years later. Yeah. It kind of reminded me, there's this um, scene in Jaws, Okay. where you see brody the main guy in jaws Mm -hmm. and it's that iconic scene where he's looking at the water Mm -hmm. and he looks super concerned (laughs) and the camera zooms in on him as he's smoking ever like i don't know how else to describe it but everyone knows that scene right and um the way they got that was by moving the camera towards him physically but zooming out
1: that's a film technique you know what that's called
0: I don't know the exact term. You used to. I used to. But basically, move in physically, zoom out with the lens, and then you'll get that weird effect that's in Jaws where his face stays the same size, but the background is all wild. Yeah. And I wonder if they did something similar or if it was just two separate footage uh, reels.
1: In any case, impressive. Much better than other interpretations. Okay, so... The wizard is killed, he's dead as shit, and it's been <laughs> the four... The wizard is dead? <laughs> it's been four hours, and... This Lee is... and Sam are waiting in the hardware store.
0: Yes. No. The Lila. Cause Lila. Because the actress is Janet Lee. Gosh darn it. Yeah. Lila and Sam are waiting in the hardware Lila store. Lila is
1: a cute name
0: delilah <laughs> why not
1: why not the, the plain white tees? hey there delilah just, what's it like in new york the University? answer to that
0: is just not the plain white
1: tees. what <laughs> you don't like the plain white where were you in middle school what were you doing i was Fucking listening modest to hey there delilah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i was listening
0: to lots of crowded west and brooding <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> For an angry album. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so Lila and Sam, uh, easy to remember name, because Sam is the name of Annika's in-law's dog, and I love that black lad.
0: Yeah, I formed a special bond with that dog.
1: <laughs> it's It's so much easier to refer to the characters by their names when you don't know the actors' names.
0: Yeah. I know in other episodes we're constantly just saying, like, so Leo DiCaprio, yeah. or... Cobb, I guess, if you want to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> and then this one, it's, well, they're all dead. Who cares, you yeah. know?
1: Is Janet Lee dead?
0: I have no idea. I assume so. A tragedy.
1: Well, she is in this movie. And that's why Lee, Delilah, and Sam are so worked up.
0: Yes. And they go to the sheriff.
1: They go to the sheriff, and the sheriff is like, you stupid bastards.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I skipped one scene that I thought was super cool. Mm. So Sam runs out to the hotel uh, to check things out Mm -hmm. and then comes back unscathed. But when he goes to the hotel, there's this one scene. So Arbogast gets killed. They're waiting around. Sam's like, I'll be a Marin and go do shit.
1: They actually find out that uh, Mother is dead. They go to the sheriff's house and find out Mother is dead. And then they go to the motel.
0: That happens... After the scene I'm talking about. Oh. So the sequence of events, um, and we'll talk about this in more detail, but basically uh, ass goes, gets killed. Mm -hmm. We cut back to the warehouse, or the hardware store. Sam and Lila are worried, and Sam says, I'll go check it out. Sam goes to check it out, finds nothing, comes back, and then they go to the sheriff, and then they go out together. Um, But the scene that I thought was super cool and just this really striking image... That um, I felt worthy of writing down was uh, when Sam goes out there solo, he's calling around for Arbogast and, like, looking. And we see a scene of Norman standing at the edge of the swamp alone and hiding. You know, he's not making any noise. And it's just so uh, shadowy and inky. And he's got this evil look to him. But it's it's like...
1: uh... It's more mischievous than evil because this actor's face.
0: He has yeah. a certain
1: charm to him, Or like I want to believe him because he's like goofy and country boy cute, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's it's like impish, but impish. Also, imps are a from dark hell. Elf. Yeah, so I'm, he's he's standing at the edge of the swamp, and it's just like so dark and well lit, mm-hmm. and a, it looks like a goddamn background for a computer. Like it's. It's such a cool image that yeah, a well poster of it would be. Well framed. Rad. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Good shot. And that's a better way of saying it rather than using 30 descriptors. It is well framed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, they go back out there together. Do you kind of mm-hmm. want to talk about their. Oh, they oh, go. or to... the sheriff. I also well, skipped like, over. Well,
1: I talked about it already, but they go to the sheriff. And. Um, like Oh, the mother. We have to talk to the mother. The wizard said we have to. <laughs> and...
0: Gave us a quest to do so.
1: <laughs> we need 30 apples and 15...
0: <laughs> our big called up frantic and said we need 15 warthog hooves. I don't even know if they're native to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, that was just your joke again.
1: No, but. that was good. I liked it. Um... And they find out that the mother had died 10 or so years ago. And the sheriff's wife, the sheriff's, I can only assume. I can
0: only assume. I'm not familiar with lineage of the sheriff's, but. Is this goat milk for human consumption? <laughs> <It's> for goats.
1: <laughs> We're just saying inside jokes now. Oh. Uh, the sheriff's helped picked out. The funeral dress of the mother. So they're very aware.
0: But Jenny, why did the mother die?
1: How did she die? Oh, right. Okay. So it's pretty big because she had a lover. And apparently she found out the lover was going to leave her. And so she killed him and then herself.
0: Well, well you know, if I'm going to catch flack for pretending that it's still mother that kills Arbogast... Um, You're gonna catch flag for saying that she was poison because fucking Norman Bates killed his mom. So don't be so coy. <laughs> not. She She's on the other foot and I'm gonna go walking in it.
1: <laughs> okay. So uh, Sam and Lila show up to the motel and they want to check in and. They want to check in. Bates is like, sure, go get a room, whatever. And Sam's like, don't you want us to sign in? And then he's like, "Ah." Eh. And, the and then Sam's like, well, this is a, a business trip. I need to sign in.
0: That's a great Sam impression.
1: Uh, thank you. I wish
0: your eyebrow work could be shown over the audio because it was, it was doing a lot.
1: This makes me, I'm going to talk about uh, Pavillons. Maybe I shouldn't name the restaurant. Uh, I used to work at this pizza place in Massa that had the best cheese fries in town. and
0: Called Butterfly.
1: A butterfly. <laughs> uh, Mariposa. And this man came in with his, I assume, wife and daughter, unless it was like a really weird threesome. And he <laughs> says, uh, well, his waitress was somebody else. And then he goes to pay. He comes up to the bar because I was the bartender. And he says, hey, this says three. Can you make it say one? And then I did it. And that was the most malicious shit I've ever done at a restaurant. Three what? Three people. Three guests.
0: Oh, he asked for it to say one?
1: One guest. Why? Because he was paying with his business card.
0: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) There (laughs) There were a lot of implications him asking it to be narrowed down. He's had the weirdest threesome ever. I'm like, what is going on with this guy? I also pictured him in a cowboy hat. Did you say that he was wearing a cowboy hat? No. I might still be thinking of the guy from earlier in the movie.
1: The other lascivious folk. Um, no, it was just some guy and he got like Italian fries. and I don't know. I God, we should get some Italian fries.
0: Anyhow, anyhow, Sam and... we already
1: had dinner. Yeah, We don't need Italian fries. Uh, Sam and Lila are pretending to be lovers. And he insists that he gets a look at the book because he wants to find Marion's name, assumedly. And so he lets him look at the book and we don't find out if Sam got the information he wanted. But I guess we can assume so. And then he's like, aren't you going to make us pay? We don't have bags. And then Norman's like, okay, $10. And then they get cabin 10, which is not cabin 1, which is the cabin they want to look at. And some other shit happens. And they get up to the house. And can I skip to the part where they find the fucking body?
0: Yeah, well, to be clear, Sam is distracting Norman in the office. And Lila finds this body.
1: But it's creepy. It's like, if you've seen that episode of Spongebob about the chocolate that old woman in the wheelchair that's exactly what mother looks like mm-hmm. and Norman Bates dresses up as her to do some murder
0: mm-hmm. and I love this scene so much it's it's so great like the, the he she sees the body mm-hmm. and he jumps around the corner and he's got this maniacal he's dressed up like his mother he looks he doesn't look angry you know when he's going to kill her he looks super stoked. And excited and just crazy. And uh, he finally, he gets stopped last minute by Sam and he's arrested. Mm-hmm. And that scene where he's like screaming and running with a knife is way more effective than the shower scene in my opinion. And uh, it's oh, just a really fantastic. You have in
1: your notes, it's a mix of gleeful and wild. Yes. I like that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, it's he is very excited to get to kill this woman and he does not look concerned about it at all. Yeah. But then he... He wants to do it. Gets arrested.
1: Right. Time passes.
0: And we see a psychiatrist kind of explain split personality. Right. Which Which is
1: is still a hotly debated topic.
0: Yes. And it's... It kind of struck me as... It's... It felt like five minutes of explanation. (laughs) It's like, so he thinks he's his mother. And he also thinks he's Norman. It's the same person we're (laughs) talking about. But sometimes he becomes his mother. (laughs) In his head, it's all in his head, but he's also Norman. Anyhow, when he kills, that's when he's his mother. And it all happened because of his mother, but he's also Norman, just to be sure we're on the same page. (laughs) And it took forever, and I'm like, fucking yes, dude, we get it. And now I feel like in this movie... uh, Like, if it were made today, they'd just be like, he has split personality. And he was also his mother. And then everyone would be like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm with you. But then back then, it was so fucking weird.
1: I only have the one personality. Her name is Jenny.
0: Yes, his name is Dan. Yeah. uh, Then, of course, we got the final um, iconic scene of the voiceover as Norman Bates sits with his blanket. (laughs) And we hear, oh... I'm gonna show them all what they want to see. I wouldn't even hurt a fly, and it's pretty good voiceover. And he's got this. I think now it's fair to say it is devilish.
1: Yeah.
0: And then there's the slight overlay of the decayed face on his fi- on his mm-hmm. face, mm-hmm. which is spooky. And then we cut to them dragging the swamp over the end credits to get the car and all that. Dragging. Dragging, I thought. Dragging, dragging. They're pulling the car out of the swamp. Dredging. They are checking out the swamp.
1: They're getting shit out of there. They have Magnesis, like in *Born of the Wild, uh, *Breath of the Wild*.
0: Or that's one of their runes. Like Magneto.
1: Yes. So they. This is the precursor to the X Men. Um, this whole movie was based around the fact that Anthony Perkins has a very good woman's impersonation.
0: Yeah, I, they never made clear because we never saw him doing it. That's true. They could have. It could have just been a, a. It was probably a woman. Woman. What did you think?
1: I liked it. It, uh, you know, I feel like this movie is one of those movies that makes me feel like I should give older films a chance.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Uh,
1: not *Passing like <laughs> well, Glory*. I
0: don't know. I like that movie more than you, I think. That's but.
1: probably true. But I, I did like, uh, um, how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. Doctor Strange. Love. Yeah,
0: it's lesser known title. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: no, yeah, uh, it. It was very classically old. I feel like all the car scenes were exactly how I would picture a car scene to be in the 1960s. But um, aside from filmography and ability to do special effects, the direction of this movie I feel like was spot on. It was definitely a thriller. Like I definitely had my emotions rise and fall throughout the movie because... Like, when Norman starts to argue with her, it's like, whoa, things are getting heated. And then you see him spying on her, and it's like, whoa, holy shit. And then when the PI comes through, it's like, shit's gonna happen. And then the PI gets killed, and it's like, yo, what the fuck? (laughs) So, uh, like, if if I wasn't already indoctrinated with all of this modern media, I feel like I would have taken Donna's side and been like, I can't sleep tonight Uh with this. So I would definitely rate it highly... Um, I don't even have, like, negative feminist things to say about it. Well, aside from the fact that, like, that Texan man flirted with her. But that's an unfortunate circumstance of being a young woman who gets to engage with rich men or any man. I think he was
0: definitely portrayed as a sleazy guy for Yeah,
1: he was supposed to be sleazy. Yeah.
0: Um...
1: Because the boss didn't, the boss wasn't creepy. Sam wasn't creepy. They were in love. Norman wasn't creepy until he killed her.
0: Yeah, he was. The PI
1: wasn't creepy, a little sexist, but not creepy.
0: Norman was a peeping tom, but he wasn't like, he was he was less invasive than Jeff from Rear Window, like for
1: sure. But still, 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 uh, I would not give him bonus points for being a peeping tom. Yeah, the no. fact that he's drilled that hole in that window and he gave her cabin one, like he wanted to spy on her. Uh
0: huh. But he's also the villain. Right. And Jeff is the hero. So Very I don't know true. I don't know if Alfred Hitchcock like got some feedback from some women in his life or something. <laughs> but it is definitely a more it's, it's not like a feminist film, but it's more aware of... It's more it, pro-female. Yeah. It's more equal than...
1: It's more equal in the context of in 1960, being a woman was still kind of lesser.
0: Yes.
1: Like, we just got the right to vote 40 years ago.
0: Yes. I will not disagree with you on any point. Yeah. And I will add that this is a movie that's entertaining, and I'm sure that you could pull metaphor out of it. But to me, it's all plot.
1: I'd agree. It's all
0: characters. I
1: mean, there's certainly the characterization of a boy who loves his mother too much. Yeah. The undertones of that and what sin will lead you to in the end. Because as a woman, you're supposed to be virtuous. And Marion did get her comeuppance for not being a righteous person. And I think that has more to say with the originator of the book, who wrote what the screenplay was adapted from, than Hitchcock. I feel like this is definitely, even with those subtexts, this is a worthwhile film to adapt because there are so many subversions of expectation that it becomes thrilling in its own right and i think hitchcock mostly
0: does thrillers yeah and i agree 100 percent. and what i mean i guess is like this is not like a lives of others where it's what what does it mean to be a good citizen of your nation or a good human right like what what does patriotism mean?
1: The fact that you have brought up lives of others in comparison to this movie just made me drop it down a point. <laughs>
0: right. So like it's not a movie that makes you think about its elements in a larger context. It's just like this guy's a murderer, she's in danger. This Are is they a good gonna time? catch him? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. So it's entertaining in that regard, it but could it's definitely not be. I more... wonder what
1: the the deeper subtleties of it is that it's reached the top one hundred when there
0: are movies with it's the so shower, much to say about, do you really think so? Yeah, wow. I th- I think it's a hundred percent. I don't mean to cut you off. You're going to say uh, more about like the other. No, movies it's on okay. The list. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that there's movies on the list that are on there. Like, is it a well-made movie? Yeah, I yeah. mean it's shot well. There's cool scenes, and I think it's written logically. Like, for example. Um, when Norman cleans up after his quote-unquote mm-hmm. mother's murder, mm-hmm. that is very logical that he would do that given the conversation they just had about obligation to family, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, wait, this is his out. Why is he doing this? It's, this is what Norman would do, right? So it's really solidly created. Yeah. But it's not uh, challenging on a...
1: It's not challenging.
0: On you know, a personal level. Yes, I don't know. There um, are
1: there are good movies. There are enjoyable movies, which I feel like Psycho falls into, uh-huh. and then there are astounding movies, yeah. which it it shouldn't be fair to say uh, that Spider Man gets astounding, but I feel like it does more so than Psycho, and Lives of Others and Parasite,
0: mm-hmm.
1: even Prestige, because there's those implications of would you kill yourself. To get revenge. Yeah,
0: like, and dedication to what you believe in. Yes. Right? Like, how far will you take it? Mm-hmm. Um, which is also uh, why I'm excited for Whiplash. Because it's another version of I think I
1: just hated Whiplash because I hated Randy. Who? Jerry.
0: Oh. Because <laughs> he looks like the guy?
1: No, because we had to watch it with him.
0: Oh, really? I don't remember that at all. Aw,
1: dude, I was uncomfortable. Anyway.
0: Well, I hope you like it more. Either. Who's Randy?
1: Uh, oh,
0: yeah. oh,
1: all right. <laughs>
0: um,
1: These are Dan's mom's ex-boyfriends. Now she's engaged. Hey. If anybody is listening to this and didn't already know, please don't tell her that we told you. Yes.
0: Should we write this thing? Uh, Yes. One, two, three, seven, seven and a half. go down to seven
1: you go a little higher every time i was
0: thinking seven but then i felt bad all right we'll do
1: seven and i have doodled on this page
0: i have dripped sweat all over my page (laughs) this is probably my sweat
1: no this is uh from a cat cleaning wipe oh okay because i tried to scrub pugsley's asshole before we took him to the vet oh yes because when he poops sometimes a little poop nugget was left there. So,
0: follow us. Uh, <laughs> follow us at RMR underscore podcast. Yes. And on Twitter. Yes. And check us out at RookieMovieReviews.com. Mm-hmm. And our email is review singular no s. If you at email.
1: If you have that s. I think we're fucking 25 episodes in.
0: This is 25, yeah.
1: You've given up on this IDP intellectual property. Please. I'll send you pictures of my feet. Just give us the fucking Gmail.
0: Also, hey, quarter of the way through the list. Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Hey, it's a milestone.
0: We're getting some applause uh, from our neighbors. (laughs) I
1: think they're probably clapping for their cat. Uh, Also, wear a mask. Social distance. Uh, Please.
0: Please. please. (sighs) Well, thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye
0: -bye. Bye.